Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. (coughs) So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. 
Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do not say, four months more and then the harvest. Do, sorry, do you not say, four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Ian. Am I hearable? Can everybody hear me? Yeah. Um, Thanks, Chris. When um, I first saw the passage that was to go with this week's evaluation, I thought that um, I knew a good few preachers who could spend three months probably on it. Um, So I've just picked out some key points. The expanded version of the... um, evaluation brief was Christ Church is now friends with are we a people who are prepared to go beyond the superficial to grow an attractive community to be a welcoming community to all to build genuine relationships with others some of us will shrink back when we hear that extract from the booklet wanting instead church life to remain a private experience between ourselves and God Some of us may feel we've been abandoned or ignored by the church community, and others may look around longingly at those who seem to build relationships so easily with others. I don't know whether it still happens, but um, when I was at school, in games lessons, the um, games teacher would pick out the two most popular sporty girls in the class, and they would have to choose teams. And we would all stand in a row, And um, as you stood there and girls got chosen, you kept thinking, I hope I'm not the last one standing. It was a dreadful experience. Sometimes, in order to avoid that experience, I would find a reason to be off games, very creative ones as well, that involve sometimes going to school with my arm in a sling. (laughs) And so it was with a Samaritan woman. For whatever reason, she chose to go to the well alone during the heat of the day when she knew she could avoid what she feared. 
We can surmise that some of her reasons, she had five failed marriages. She was living with a man but not married to him. She was a woman in a society where women had very little status. In fact, the Jews had a prayer, thank you, Lord, I'm not a woman. And she was a member of an ethnic group that was despised by people around her, by the Jews. We still have prejudice today in our society, but it's easy to say, yes, we have prejudice, but it's less easy to say, who am I prejudiced against? Who would I shrink back from sharing the gospel with? Why? Do I need to repent of wrong attitudes? Are there people I avoid as I go about my daily life? Are there folk in church that we avoid coming into contact with? How do we feel about genuinely welcoming whomsoever the Lord would send us into our church community? But Jesus sees things differently. He had a divine appointment with the Samaritan woman and chose to break through the barriers of prejudice that surrounded her. In contrast to the usual behavior of the Jews of the time, he traveled through Samaria. He asked a Samaritan, and even worse, a woman, for water. He spoke to the woman whose personal life had made her an outcast. He ignored the prejudices directed by his ethnic group towards her, towards her community, and instead built a relationship with this woman. He accepted her, and even more, he asked her for a drink of water. And so it is with each one of God, each one of us. We have a calling from God on our lives. He chooses each one of us individually to be on his team. He won't leave us standing there. Do some of you remember hot pants? I doubt that Tim will. (laughs) When I was in the sixth form, a group of us started going to one of the local churches And one of my friends turned up one week in hot pants. It caused a huge rumpus. People who had never spoken to her, never never said hello to her, suddenly had an opinion about her and her life and what she was like. She came from an unchurched background. She had no idea that you were supposed to go to church in a suit. And if you were a woman, you probably wore a hat if you were over 50. And you definitely didn't go in hot pants. After a few weeks of trying to conform to the dress code, she gradually drifted off. And now she has never been to church since. And her two children have been brought up in a godless household. How different that could have been if people had looked beyond what she was wearing. What does Jesus say to us about those who turn up at church now and don't fit in with the established church norm? Here, in the story of his meeting with a Samaritan woman at the well, is his answer. Jesus knew who she truly was, and he knows who we truly are as well. He knows the masks we hide behind. He knows the barriers that we erect to stop others engaging with us in friendship. Jesus had a circle of 12 and a wider circle of 72. We cannot have the same relationship with 72 people that we can have with 3 or 12. 
But what's important is that we have the same balance that Jesus had. We have a closer circle and wider circles of friendships and relationships. That we don't keep people either too close or too distant because of our prejudices or because of the difficulties we've experienced in past relationships or because of the destructive cycle of neediness that we read about in the story of the Samaritan woman. Jesus knew her real need, what it was that drove her life patterns. Perhaps it was for male company, it certainly reads that way, or for physical affection, or for love. We don't really know. But at the heart of her need was her unfulfillable expectation that another human being was going to be able to meet her innermost need. This good news, however, Jesus has the answer. Without physical water, we die. But without spiritual water, we are spiritually dead. The disciples were so focused on the job in hand to buy food, and they were probably very aware that they were amongst the Gentiles, that they completely missed the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with the locals they met in the town. When Jesus says to them, the fields are white unto harvest, in verse 35, he was looking over fields of crops that weren't yet ready to be harvested. But the same fields had another crop that was ready to be gathered in. There were Samaritans walking from the town to where he sat because the woman had gone back to her people and shared with them what Jesus had said. And they were coming to hear him for themselves, his good news. They were the crop that Jesus was ready to reap and the disciples had missed it. I've sat and listened to Mike Dominey over the years and he's told us some wonderful stories of the divine appointments he's had with people. Opportunities to share the good news of Jesus and the lives that have been touched and changed as a result. And I've thought, Mike, that's really amazing and you've got a lovely gift and you're a real evangelist. But actually, all of us should be aware of the opportunities the Holy Spirit gives us to share the gospel. Lest we too, like the disciples, fail to gather in the ripe harvest. The Samaritan woman found all she needed in the living water of the Holy Spirit. Symbolically, she left her water jar, representing her worldly need, behind at the well. And for us too, we can leave behind all that hinders, all that we cling to for security. If we drink the living water of the Holy Spirit, let it bubble up within us and allow it to flow through us to others. Let's give thanks to God for the relationships that sustain us, but let's also recognize before him <coughs> sorry, areas that are difficult and that we struggle in, areas of broken relationships, of loneliness or loss. Into all these areas, let's ask the Holy Spirit to pour the living water in and through us. Let's ask him to deepen our relationship with God through our Saviour, Jesus Christ, to discover how we can sustain and strengthen our relationship with him, because it's out of our relationship with him that we'll draw the grace and ability 
to develop godly relationships with each other here at Christ Church and within our community. Let's be willing to go beyond the superficial in our relationships with each other. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to bring restoration and healing, to forge new relationships, to use us to bring in the harvest, to see our neighborhood and its situation through his eyes so that we are not so caught up with living in this world that we miss the harvest waiting to be reaped for his eternal kingdom. As we look forward to communion, let's give thanks to God that he has called us into relationship with himself through Jesus. Let's give thanks to God for those relationships that we have with others that nurture us. But let's ask the Holy Spirit to highlight anything within us as individuals or as a church community that hinders the flow of his living water that hinders us building godly relationships. And let's ask him to help us deal with the issues that he reveals. Revelation 22 verse 17 echoes Isaiah 55 when it says, Come, says the Spirit and the Bride. Whoever hears echo, come. All who will, come and drink. Drink freely of the water of life. Thank you.